This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Recollections Radio. Monday morning tea time is now all about sharing memories with you, old and new, of life in Dunedin. Bringing you stories, interviews and music from times past and inviting you to share your memories with us. Presented by Jill Bowie and Kay Mercer, the team behind Dunedin Public Library's Scattered Seeds Archive. Thanks to generous funding by the New Zealand Libraries Partnership Project. Recollections Radio, Monday mornings at 11 on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. A very chilly good morning to you all. Isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit cold, isn't it? <laughs> a bit nippy this morning. Oh, my word. <laughs> There's not much water in the studio, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so forgive us if we're all, or if I am all fingers and thumbs this morning, because my hands are freezing. <laughs> and I hope you're all tucked up nice and warm at home. So hello to you, Jill. How's your week been? Very good. Very Excellent. busy. Yeah. yeah. And we've started work on our dance halls project, so we're really looking forward to hearing from you all out there about your memories of dance halls. It doesn't have to be just the Joe Brown dancers, but of course they were quite famous. Um, but any dancers that you went to around the region yeah. would be lovely to hear your stories about those. And my yeah. parents admitted a St Kilda dance, so I'd like to hear about those too. Very cool. So. You can interview your mum. I know, I should. Yes. You should. Yeah, it's a good I excuse will. to visit. It is, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, I can make a work visit. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a wonderful, wonderful Friday this week because we've got a day off because yeah. it is Matariki, uh, our very, very first. Matariki public holiday so how wonderful that we are able to celebrate our new year at last and yeah. something you know uniquely New Zealand exactly so. yeah so fantastic so have you got some plans for Matariki? Um, I have got some plans so um, uh, we normally have uh, a staff dinner at the, at the library sort of just a, yep. a little staff function on the Sunday afternoon and uh, so we've done that for probably three years and uh, so we all share food and mm. yeah and then we thought we would after dinner that we would go down to the Mana Moana um, light installation at the Steamer Basin. So that starts this week on the 24th, runs through to the 26th. So it's at the Steamer Basin on Wharf Street and um, starts at 5.30 and goes to 8.30pm. So it'll be really interesting to see the light show. That looks fabulous, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really does. Great place to have lights. They'll all be reflected on the water and yeah, just beautiful. Nice, because yeah. we don't sort of use that basin very no. much and it's so beautiful with all the lights yeah. and yeah, so it'll be really nice. Yeah. But I assume we're going to have to wrap up quite warm. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so if you're heading down there, make sure you've got an extra scarf and some gold pairs of socks and a hat. Yeah. But the beautiful light show is bound to warm you up yeah. and take your mind off how cold it is. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous, yeah. So we've had a top secret project, secret project that you're, you've been working on for some months now. It can finally be revealed. You can tell us about <laughs> it. So it's so exciting. So you fire away. So um, uh, four of us have been working on an exhibition um, up in the Reed Gallery. Um, so it's called Maori Legends, and uh, it's a celebration of Maori art and storytelling, and focusing on the artists and illustrators of children's books. So. The title of the exhibition um, is a reference to a book in our collection. Um, it's called Maori Legends, Some Myths and Legends of the Maori People by Alistair Campbell. Um, so it was illustrated by Dame Robin White from 1969. It was sort of the starting point of the exhibition. Wow. It's one of the first examples of a Maori artist illustrating a published book that we have in our heritage collections. And uh, and so we're so lucky that Dame Robin White um, has generously given us permission to reproduce a selection of... 
uh, images from from that book for the exhibition, and they're spectacular. They're so beautiful. Um, so yes, yeah, so it sort of um, covers um, sort of the history of kind of New Zealand children's books from 1960s to the 1990s. Yeah, so it sort of highlights the importance of children's books in the revitalisation of Tōreo Māori. And, um, yeah, so mm. it's really exciting. So you've been doing a lot of research for that. You've been a lot of research, yeah. 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 And I think that some of the, the nice thing about it is it sort of coinciding with Matariki as it mm, means perfect. that we get to acknowledge some of the people that have passed and yeah. uh, celebrate their work. So there's quite a few artists that have passed on. And uh, yeah, so it's a really beautiful opportunity to acknowledge the uh, beautiful because yeah, that is part of the, the message of Matariki. Mm. Really, it's, it's an opportunity to explore the ways that people pass on and sustain aspects of their culture and heritage. So, yeah, and yeah. we certainly are celebrating some really impactful people. Yeah, so. wonderful. Yeah. yeah, it's really good to finally celebrate them in the library, um, and we look forward to that. So that opens yeah. on. Uh, so it publicly um, it opens on the 25th of June and Friday, it runs yeah. through to the 9th of October. So there will also be displays and activities happening throughout the um, the run of the exhibition. So, yeah, because we could only fit a small, just mm. kind of a snapshot of books in from the collection in the exhibition. Yes. But, you know, from the 90s on, like there's so many books published, you know, That's celebrating. That's great, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And it was quite overwhelming when you pull them all out together and think, yeah. oh, oh, we've got to narrow this down a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you tell us how you made the selections or is it? We tried to do it kind of chronologically and mm. then kind of pull out um, illustrators that were quite, that had a lot of, like a, quite a big backlog of yeah. sort of um, a larger books. Address. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah, and were really kind of you know, trailblazers in that revitalisation yeah. and, uh, you know, and there's some great little kind of boutique publishers that just, you know, with the demand for resources in Toreo, they just got together and, and made their own, you know, sort of publications and yeah. sent them around the country and yeah really impressive to to kind of get to study these people and and some of them we sort of there was a Maori publications unit and uh, and so they they had all of these you know books that they had written and they went round and they sort of co- collaborated with artists and yeah and collected stories from the regions and amazing yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool, and yeah. a great, great team effort there. Who were, yeah. you, who were your partners in crime? So there's um, Aroha Novak and Elise Stock and Elspeth Moody and myself. So we were working with the heritage team. So I mean, they've been very patient with us. <laughs> <laughs> and the wonderful Bindery who have yeah. created all the lovely yeah. presentation. Really, they're they're amazing and they look fabulous. Yeah, yeah, more people have been so patient and so, um, you know, so generous with their time and Indeed. their skills, and yeah, really helped us. Out, so wonderful yeah. so come along to that it feels like you know you've got ages because it's on till october but you know how time goes so yeah, make sure you get in and come and see that that's on the third floor at city library yeah. free of course and uh, a real chance to see everything all in one place that's the value of it, isn't it, it? Is, you, you yeah. can see everything and the background to everything and all the work that's been done to put into that yeah so i'm going to play this song for all of you the team that have put that exhibition on this one is star related it's called upon a star by the modern Māori Quartet.
wonder if you sleep alone. I really miss you. I really miss you. And I long for the day to hold you tight in my arms. I really miss you. Seem so far away. Just look upon a star, and you won't seem so distant, even though we are apart. I. The nights they are longer. And I'm stuck here with this aching heart. And I can't move on. Can't move on. Though you seem so far away, just look upon a star. And you won't seem so distant, even though we are apart. I'll be waiting here for you. For you. I lost a lot in finding you, and I can never get that back. So stop wasting. My time, my heart is on the line, and、oh. I need you here with me. And you won't seem so distant even though we are. Quartet there with upon a star. That's a beautiful track. Perfect, just perfect. So congratulations to everyone again. Now then,、um, not so long ago and last week, you will have heard part one of this interview. But I interviewed、um, Aaron and Brian from the Globe Theatre, and we learned a bit about the Globe Theatre Trust and how the renovations started at the Globe Theatre. And we're continuing that interview this week, and we'll hear a little bit more about the stories behind the scenes. Including a few ghost stories,、Ooh. so enjoy this. So, are there any particular productions or even individual performances, if you want to speak about individuals,、mm. that really resonate with you or that stood out as being 
something specifically in here or yeah, that the guy was done Mm. I mean, I've got my favourites. Mm. I love the Weird Sisters. Oh, yes, yeah. I thought that was really well cast, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> what about you? Well, in fact, this would have been way before I even uh, was a member here. Um, I actually came and saw Waiting for Goddard. Oh, yeah. And oh, I, it was actually really, really well done. Yeah, yeah, I was quite impressed with that. Mm. In my time, I guess, Keith Scott's 1917 mm. was one that, he, he I've wrote, seen that too. and that was brilliant. Amazing. You know, I, yeah. I, I got to go to town with a tick on that, which was fun. But you know, <laughs> but the play, but the story itself resonated with me because it was about, you know, three. He kind of based it on one of his uncles. You know, three mm. young guys mm. going off That's to war right. from yeah. Otago, mm. and the story itself was yeah. was fantastic. And yeah. the time it was mm. put on was mm. Mm. that's right. Very meaningful. Was, it? It was, yeah. For me, that was that was. Yeah. One of the most outstanding ones of my time, just in terms of the story yeah. and how we staged it, really. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So, when you, how do you go about? I'm just jumping around with these questions because it yeah. kind of fits in. Mm. But so, how do you go about choosing a play? Do you do you have a theme for the year, or do you just sit around and replay? Um, so, gen generally speaking, we get any sort of outsiders info, so if, what people want to see, okay. um, and then we also talk obviously through our committee and stuff mm. but yeah we we generally just sit down over a few meetings and stuff and then try and work out where we can fit them and if we think we can do the shows mm. we actually have a, a document filled of ones that we haven't done and we could think about doing in the future mm. but yeah generally we we try and please so everyone's genres yeah. So um, how do you find that out? Well, up, 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 until your yeah. time, up until your time, we always tried to make sure we did a Shakespeare because yep. of the Globe connection. Yep. Oh, and we yes, always, and in the recent years, we've been doing trying to do a pantomime at Christmas to try, yep. trying to resurrect that. And you mm. being from the UK, yeah. you'll understand pantomime. It's fantastic yeah. oh, when no, it's done properly. It's something that we're going to do. Still gonna do. <laughs> you know, but, so that's it. but we always tried to do a Shakespeare. Yep. We haven't done one the last couple of years again. Things over the place, all yeah. over the place. But it will happen. We want to get back to that again. And definitely yeah. will. That's yeah. the one that we always tried to pencil in was a Shakespeare at some point, mm. yeah. if we could. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. your starting point. Kind of, and then we just build around, around it. Really. it. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, the, pa the pantos and the Shakespeare mm. are definitely going to be a thing that we'll be mm. doing a yearly thing. Um, but yeah, yeah we, we, go, we go out to the public, so, you know, Facebook, mm. social media. Um, in fact, if you just came to the movies, I had a we screen up there saying that if anyone had some suggestions to email us through. Right. Yeah, we're actually in our next meeting we'll be starting to talk about our next year's um, program. And our regular, of course we have our regular toy box yep. there during yep. July, which mm. is always... For the school holidays. School holidays yeah. in there. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's funny because if, if you'd asked me what play I would suggest, yep. it would be Boeing Boeing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> funny there. Having, having been the French yeah. air hostess oh, okay. in my okay. very young yeah. days. Yeah. Oh, have you? Um, okay. Yes, yeah. you can so come and audition again. <laughs> not for the French Airbus. I, 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 I might make a birth of it. <laughs> I saw it, saw it in Christchurch in the 90s. It was yeah. 80s or it 90s. Was good. Yeah, yeah, it is a, it's a very good play. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, that's a brilliant, funny farce. Yeah. And so that, there's still a call for that sort of thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I was the one who's... It's an age-old genre, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's still yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Even yeah. in today's, you know, Netflix 
times oh, yeah. it's just yeah. still yes yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Amazingly no. well, it's, i guess it's because it's simple and it's and it's yeah you can laugh at it you know yeah. and it's you can really see the jokes coming of course you can exactly it's, yeah. it is, it's predictable yeah. is yeah. the word yeah. to look at it it's probably a little bit of the pando thing you see that's what pando the attraction of pando because you know what's coming you know it's going to be a bad joke but you're going to laugh at it anyway you know yeah so is there something on the on the globe's wish list that you've been wanting to do for a while but maybe the time wasn't right or you didn't have the, the tech or you know uh, i don't i haven't had any um one tell me anything like that but um the one that we are going to be doing next year is something that I've I've personally wanted to do for a while, and now that we've got the technology and stuff, it's mm -hmm. going to be make it a lot easier. And that's um, Peninsula um, oh, by Gary Henderson. Excellent, yeah. Um, it's going to kick the year off next that, year. That's kicking. Yeah, it's going to be um, our first show for the year next that's year. Great stuff. Yeah. I know. I know King Lee has been bandied about for three or four years. Yep. And our previous chairman was wanting to do it the last couple of years, but his job took him to. Queenstown, unfortunately, and so mm. he was chairing meetings remotely. So okay. it's gone on the back burner, but hopefully he's yeah. going to be back in town next year as just as a general member. Yeah. So that's one that we've been wanting to do for yeah. a while. Is King Lear? It's mm. definitely so on the list. Hopefully that's on the list to do. That's the which is yeah. it's one I've been wanting to do for in all my time doing Shakespeare theatre. I never yeah. did King Lear. I saw it at the court with a I can't even remember who the English actor was. It was an English actor that was touring here. And Elric Hooper, who was an artistic director at the time, got this guy to do it, and it was a mm. brilliant play. If you can get the right King Lear, it's it's absolutely it's brilliant. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get the right King Lear, and so can you share any backstage secrets or not? Have mm. you got some stories you can tell us about? Oh, what sort of stories? We that could... you're allowed to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well. Backstage. I mean, do, do we go ghostly? Well, I was just going to say, there's, there's a story. There's yes. a story of um, Frank Grayson, as I said, who was the caretaker here. Yeah. The story is that Frank haunts the place and still looks after the place. Um, so he's a friendly ghost. Apparently so. Yeah, you see, pretty much that ghost anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the official story. I mean, yeah, people have claimed to have seen him and felt him, and I mean, you know, I've seen an old chap sitting in the seats during a show that hasn't been at the front of house haven't seen him at the end wow now i don't know if that was him or it's just an old chap that got out before they saw anyone mm. so who knows but yep. frank is supposedly looking over the place mm. so yeah. you, 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 we get the odd people come in in here and actually have that feeling yeah. or have experiences yeah. and stuff like that and i mean what's a theater without a ghost Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's allegedly a couple of others that ghost hunters have claimed to have found here but i mean i don't know whether yeah. that's previous owners of the place but who knows it's yeah. We were backstage, I mean, what else? Yeah, I can't really think of too many, off the top of my head, any funny stories backstage. So you're all oh. pretty well organised, you don't no, have any no, no, wardrobe malfunctions or no, anything? Oh, no, 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 I can't no. think of. We, we, do, we do have our living ghost, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> the story of that is that we have a, a gentleman called Ray who builds our sets and, and we were talking, oh, it was a couple of years ago, I had some young ones on stage here and we were talking about how they needed something done. Yeah. And I said, look, you know, I said, Ray's, Ray's always here. If you just yell his name, he'll appear. And I didn't know he was in the building. And he stuck his head through the curtain. Yes! <laughs> I didn't know he was there. He'd actually come in the back door. He said, oh! And all these kids would go, that's impressive. He yelled Ray's name out. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a funny sort of, yeah. There's not too many sort of, I can think of any really bad malfunctions. Not really. Not really, not no. Time. 
No, you're, no. you're very efficient, very professional. Try to be, yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose it's that can-do thing, isn't yeah. it? You, you've had to make do on this amount of an oily rag often mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. with not... That's right. Most amounts of money to buy That's the right. equipment, so you've made That's things right. work. So I've had a couple in a way, of that can be a good thing. Close call. I've had a couple of close calls in the tech box, but I managed to get out of them. Computers shutting down on uh, you yes. just before a sound cue is supposed to happen, yeah. or wanting to do an update or something. But I've managed to be able to, because as you say, you learn things. Always run a second computer with the yeah. identical cues on, so you get, yeah. <laughs> get out of it and stuff. You know, yeah. Yeah, a couple of close calls yeah. like that, or light, or lights blowing one. I had a light blowing a show, and, it, and it, I was. I was doing tech with my daughter and she's sitting there, what's wrong with you, Dad? Because I was going, I said, see this hole in the lights on the set. There's a hole in the lights. And we, we spent half the show trying to figure out which light it was. And then 11 o'clock at night, I'm up the ladder trying to change the bulb because it was bugging me. And she said, no one else is going to know, Dad. No, but exactly. I will know there's a hole there. <laughs> So you had to fix it, but not during the show. No, 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 it was after the show. 11 o'clock, she wanted to go home, and I'm up trying to change the light because it's little things like that, but nothing really... Yeah. No, not not too bad. That's good, you keep on it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you've been through some major renovations. We've touched on those, and and happy to say it's looking fabulous in here, I have to say. What was needed at the time? You mentioned that the roof was was patchy. How has that improved things? Yeah, well, it stopped leaking. (laughs) It's a good story, which means we can now use this part behind the screen. We can go back further to do some, you know, make the stage bigger. Um, But we also had a second stage, which was the back wall of the house was bowing in basically like that. What had happened in the 80s, there was these flats behind here that had been built. And whoever had built it had bulldozed the dirt and it was kind of up against the wall of the house now why that happened i don't know but it was starting to rot where it was bowing and so we the second stage was the they concreted the downstairs part to keep the rest of the house up basically because it was we were in the point where the backstage could have fallen on top you know 18 1860 or something the house is built so it was you know Things is, that, like is the house still used? It's still used. We have wardrobe upstairs. Yep. We use the um, other rooms as dressing rooms, and yeah. then there's a kitchen on the back that yeah. we use in a workshop. So it's all still used. Yeah. yeah. So historically, yeah. it's mm. all still there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was the second stage, and oh, well, there was talk at the time. Some people wanted to restore it to its 1860 glory inside and do this, but we kind of decided that no, let's make it practical for our mm. use. What's yeah. the point of making it like that if it's yeah. just going to be used as a theatre? So we've yeah. Made it safe and made it usable, and that was really the, that was the major part. Yeah. Um, well, you've, you've kept the essence of the yeah, place. Yeah, basically. It still yeah. looks like the globe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Which, which is, yeah, they, mm. they didn't do any drastic redesigns, which is good. Apart from the steel frame on the outside, which I think they put some earthquake strengthening on the outside because of these bricks. So, yeah. But yeah. It was a major undertaking. Mm. It was. Yeah. And how long did it take to complete the renovations? When did they start? They, I think. I think it was about 2015 they started, and I think we were back in here 2017, late 2016. It's I can't actually not that bad, is it? No. Maybe I started 14, I can't remember. I know we were, we did a couple of shows down at the Athenaeum for a couple of... Oh, for, yeah. for, for, well, we, were, we were out of the place for one year, mm. because we only did a season down there. So it must have been 2015 we were out of the place, I think, or 16. But they were still building around us, as it were, you mm. know, like out the back. And, yeah. But while they did the roof, we were out for that one, one year, yeah, mm. so... So it must have been a relief to come back. Oh, yeah, well, it was. It was yeah. really good to come back and um, have some space and some workable things and, and <laughs> feel... And not, co- not be rained on. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. That was, as I said earlier, there was a bucket system. When I came here, they had a 
funnels <laughs> funneling the rain down and if you forgot to change the bit like you, you you'd, you'd be like say three or four months without a play you come in the buckets overflowed you know? <laughs> 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 who doesn't change the bucket you know <laughs> oh dear yeah. so things like that yeah so but, part of stage management was empty yeah, yeah, yeah i think so yeah. yep Goodness me. but no it's, um, <laughs> it's all good it's all, all good fun fantastic yeah. What other productions or events are you planning for the rest of the year this year? We've got going, going. That starts when at August. August? Yep. Um, August. So we've got our toy box in July. Oh yeah. What, tell us about toy box. What's what's that? Because I know, but you know, <laughs> it, it, it's basically a, a, a kids show with kids in it. Mm. Essentially, doesn't mean Joe Public can't come along to it because it's it's for all audiences. But um, this year, I actually wrote it. And it's kind of a mix between um, the Wizard of Oz and some other fairy tales sort of put into it, yeah. um, with some modern morals and stuff obviously yeah. involved with it as well. We brought the con. My wife and I brought yep. the concept with us from Christchurch. Yeah. A group up there did a one of the groups we involved with did something called Playbox, which was the Playbox. And the original concept was you had the box on stage with all your props and costumes in. Right. And it was very much like that. We had a whole lot of fairy tales, and they just put the stuff on and do it for the kids on the stage. Uh-huh. And we were here a couple of years and thought, you need to do a kids show. So we sold it to them, renamed it Toy Box, so it was not to upset my friends up the road. Yeah. In case they did, I mean, one of them said, oh, maybe change it just so the rest of them don't get upset. You know? <laughs> and, but that's the concept, so that's what the box is there for. There'll be props and costumes coming out of the box. Yeah. Characters play various different roles. Yeah. And we are using it here for, um, you know, mainly children in that or high school children yeah yeah when we did it in Christchurch in the 80s there was a sort of young young adults would do it for the children but we've given the younger adult yeah. younger people opportunities mm. because there isn't a lot of opportunity in plays like Boeing Boeing for teenagers for example no. so, yeah, so yeah, like, I mean yeah. so get them in the, the, and then pantomime at the end of the year yeah. maybe that leads yeah. to that you know? yeah mm. the thing is uh, this particular show has actually mm. introduced 16 new people who have never acted on our stage fantastic and that's yeah. Great, yeah, great news. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's very enjoyable, and it, it's definitely a, a market that a lot of the audience likes. So. And it was something that that's what was used for in Christchurch was to yep. introduce new people. Yep. Someone wanted to act, put them in the toy box and see how they go, yeah. and then you know you'd have directors sitting in the audience go, "Oh, I think I'll have them. I'll have them." Yeah, <laughs> and that's how it happens. And that's how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. and, mm. and, and so that's that's what that concept's about. And then you've you've got Boeing. Boeing yeah, we've got Boeing Boeing in August, um, and I'll be directing that one. Um, so auditions for that is start of next month, so in June. Okay. Yeah, but. Yeah, it should be fun. Yep. <laughs> I, I saw it on a Facebook page, so people yep. can follow you yep. on Facebook. Yes, they can. Yep. That way. yep. How else can people support the guy? Um, basically becoming a member. Mm. <laughs> and how um, do they do that? So basically, if you you go onto our website, um, so the Globe Theatre dot. Uh, uh, globetheatredunedin.org.nz um, and just follow the links there it has a form and how you pay it's $15 sub for a year which is very cheap oh, okay. yep. and it means you can do anything in this theatre so if you want to come along and help out with our wardrobe team our props team our stage crew front of house you all have to become a member yeah. but $15 I mean yeah, we, had, we, we, can't we, we had a time period where we're the thinking in the place was, oh, people should just be able to do shows without being members. And we were in mm-hmm. situations at some times where, where's the money coming from? Oh, yeah. And we managed to, the last few years we've had a few changes where yep. we've had people say, no, you should be a member if yeah. you're going to be involved. And so you've got commitment. That's right. So we dropped the money, we dropped the mm-hmm. prices down to one simple fee for everybody mm-hmm. to get them involved. And it's worked. We've had yep. 
people come We've been inundated so with um, members yeah. joining, so it's mm. great. And once you get bitten by the bug. Mm. Yeah. Never, exactly. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people who are involved in our, our committee and even um, members that are not theatre people, so they're not actors or technical minded, but they enjoy the theatre the, itself, and that's yeah. why they become members. For instance, we've got, um, as I said, volunteers for our wardrobe teams and stuff like that, and they, they're not theatre people, but they're here to help us yeah. uh, maintain our wardrobe. They That's love great. being around the theatre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Front of house yeah. people. There's front a lot, of house, of, yeah. lot of front of house people that will only ever usher, but they love coming to the shows yeah. and watching them. And, yeah. 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 That's right. Mm. It's a great atmosphere, and it's, mm. it is, again, it's, it's that family yeah, it is. that you're part of. Definitely. No, it lets you get away into another world, as Aaron said earlier, for a yeah. few few hours a night. You can mm. just go away and, you know, yeah. be somewhere else. Yeah. You know? Or in my case, most of the week. <laughs> <laughs> again, sorry, Mrs. Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> End of the year, we've got the pandemic. Oh, yes, we've got the pandemic. Robin, yep, Robin Hood yeah. at the end of the year. Um, and uh, obviously, as I said, we'll be doing pantos every year, but um, this this year is Robin Hood. And it, I've read the script, it looks funny. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, it's by Ben Crocker from the UK. Yeah. And then you've got a season in September of some. Oh, yes. Aspiring directors is an Aaron's initiative with yep. young people who've said, oh, I would like to direct. I love and that. Instead, yep. instead of sho shoving them in a big production, yeah. a couple of one-act plays yep. and, and they get mentored along that. Yep. And so. then we've also got a showing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show in and October, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So do people get to dress up? Yeah, dress yeah, up. Yeah. Dress up is a mandatory. I might make my stage debut. Yeah. And they're allowed to throw things at the stage? Oh, of course. So the wedding? And yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not just Rocky Horror, though. It's a double bill. We're going to be doing it with a uh, little shop of horrors as well. Excellent. So you get a costume change, right? Yeah, <laughs> if you want. Love it. Yep. <laughs> That's a great combination yeah. of shows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, no. It's going to be a ball of a um, second half of the year, yeah. basically. Sounds fun. As long as the virus stays away. <laughs> well, I'm going to knock on wood right now. Yeah, let's all do that. But don't we all need fun? Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Right now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and we were lucky. We, we were able to get through that that time. Like we, you know, when the first wave hit, we I think we did two shows that year. We did a panda at the end, and we did the raft. And then with the next year, we still managed to get a couple. We so we still managed to keep going yeah. through it, where a lot of other groups didn't, and no. we were fortunate. Mm. And unfortunately, this year we've had one can because of it, but. We still got through, and we're able to put stuff on, which is good. Yeah. So, keep keep the people. I, I reckon um, knowing we're here with yeah. the way things are going now, a lot more things have been able to happen, even though it's around us. Mm -hmm. So, I feel our um, seasons that we put out will be still happening, maybe just limited. Yes. Yeah. You'll adapt. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what the globe has always done, isn't it? Yes. That's that's us. And praise you for. Keeping it going, giving <laughs> us fun, yes, and, and just keeping theatre alive in Dunedin. It's a fabulous yep. job you do. Yep. It's not really a job; it's a vocation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah and, it, and it's good. You know, we've managed to go on our own and keep it going, and because of the history of the place and. I'd say too, get out and support the other groups around town that are struggling at the moment to, exactly. for, for similar reasons. They've got roof issues, whatever. Just they're all out there. The community groups they need the support. Yep. Yeah, so get along and see their shows. Yeah. If you don't go, mm. they won't be here, that's right. and then you'll be saying, where are they? That's, exactly. That's exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. So today, it, not in the future. That's yeah. right. If you're sitting waiting for a professional company to come back, that could be five, ten years down the track. Mm. Get out and support the ones that are here now because, hey, 
these community groups could well be the ones that feed into that new professional company or exactly. company. That's you know, um, what is you saying, Sam Neil? Exactly. Start here, exactly. So. Yeah. There's many others. God, I can't yeah. think of as you go through the list of them. You, really? Did they work here? Did they work here? <laughs> People that were on TV in the 70s and 80s were here too. You know. Yeah. Where it all starts, you know? It is. Yeah. It's the roots, the grassroots. Mm. It is, it is, definitely. And, I, and it, has cha- as I say, it has changed in the internet age, but I think mm. people are starting to come back around. I saw a time there in the early 2000s where, yeah, when the internet was the big thing, where people weren't going to the cinema or the theatre. Mm. But it seems to be coming back now that people are wanting to get out to the cinema and the theatre and mm. do it well, again. It, it's like mm. you say, it's that social side it's of it. Exactly. You don't get that side of it. No. Things on the internet. No, no. People are needing each mm. other. They've mm. been mm. alone, locked in their mm. houses too long. Mm. Now they can share the laugh with each other. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All, the, all the tears, whatever the players. <laughs> you need a bit of both in life, you do. don't you? You do. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, well, thank you both really no very problem. much. No, yeah. no problem. And I'll just reiterate again, thank you so much, Aaron Richardson and Brian Bias, for talking to us about the Globe Theatre. And please do go and support them. Go and watch their plays. Go and watch their films. And have a go yourself. Tread the boards. It's such good fun. They're auditioning currently for their aspiring directors program. So lots of nice short one-act plays. So it's a really good opportunity for you to give it a go if you haven't done it before. So anyway, I think we should have another song. This one is... Tammy Nielsen with goes with a bang dynamite. She's a skull and crossbones, danger sign. Eye of the hurricane coming alive. Black baby lips Brother, you ain't gonna survive She's gonna knock you flat She's gonna hiss and pop She'll stick you in the middle When the other pin drops Everything goes quiet But what's that sound? A sizzling fuse next to you on the ground Oh, no, she's dynamite her She can run for your life for your life. 
Tammy Nelson. Oh, I love her so she, much. She's amazing, isn't she? <laughs> I mean, such talent. She um, did a um, cover of uh, River by Joni Mitchell. And you know, there's some songs that kind of yeah. hit you no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And I was driving somewhere and that song came on and her version is so good. And I was just kind of weeping. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Somebody stopped you in your tracks. Yeah, My goodness. beautiful. And actually, Amanda Mills, we'll be interviewing Amanda Mills from the Hocken next week. And she has lots of wonderful things to say about Tammy oh, Nelson. Bet she does. Yeah, she's one to watch, according to Amanda. So, uh, yeah. A bit of dynamite herself. Lovely to have such Kiwi talent. Yeah. So good. And I'm loving that retro. Yeah. Really got that authentic 50s feel, isn't it? She does. She's mm. super cool. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been reading bizarre and wonderful things, and I heard read this weird, weird article Ooh. in the BBC uh, magazine. Um, it's headed up hair embroidered bedsheet in memory of decapitated man to go on display, and I thought I have to read that one. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> I know. An old bedsheet embroidered with human hair, possibly taken from a severed head, gets worse, is to be displayed at a London museum. Ooh. What a lovely, cheerful story. <laughs> the 300-year-old linen was embellished by Anna Maria Radcliffe in memory of her husband, James, who was beheaded for treason in 1716. <gasps> oh. mm. The 3rd Earl of Derwentwater and grandson of Charles II, he was only 26 when he was executed for his involvement in the First Jacobite Rebellion. This is the interesting bit for me. His story was immortalised in Sir Walter Scott's 1817 novel, Rob Roy. Oh! It was based on his story. Wow. Mm. The design of the sheet, not the book, um, <laughs> is of intricate flowers, leaves and a large wreath in the shape of a heart. And it frames the inscription, The sheet off my dear Lord's bed in the wretched Tower of London, February 1716, by Anne C. of Darwent Waters. Experts say the hair could have come from her own head or that of the Earl, or she could have intertwined a combination of the two, which would be really romantic, yeah. wouldn't it? She was allowed to take charge of her husband's body after his death, including his head. How awful. Providing her with the opportunity to cut locks of his hair as a keepsake. Beverly Cook, curator of social and working history at the Museum of London, says this embroidered bedsheet is an extraordinary item. Tell me about I it. <laughs> Which would have taken months or years to create. Incredible, isn't it? Imagine sewing with hair. That's right, because it can't be that easy to sew with, depending on no, how thick it is. because it's not very flexible either. No. It's presumed, oh, mind you, it might have been quite long. If he was um, back in the day, they didn't mm. cut their hair very much, did they? But, I mean, what a labour of love to do that. Um, the care and devotion speaks to Anna's personal devastation and remarkable character, determined to protect the memory of her husband long after his death. The sheet was acquired by the Museum of London in 1934 and will form part of the Executions Exhibition <laughs> at the Museum of London Docklands, which oh. is due to open in October. Kind of glad I'm not there. Yeah, I was kind of thinking it would be an exhibition about kind of love, not execution. Well, no, but I suppose from from people who still love people who were oh, executed. True. Yes. That's so the other side. Yeah. yeah. So that's my macabre story for this week. Wow. On a totally different note. Thank goodness. I, <laughs> we're going to celebrate an innovator from um, from Cromwell. Because so, last week I was talking about the um, the big fruit sculpture in Cromwell. Yeah. And uh, and we were talking about um, Otto Muller, who was the, the man who designed that sculpture. That's right. And as you're reading about him, he was just 
so such a fascinating person that I thought we need to have a second part to the man behind the fruit. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so he um, he was from Switzerland. Um, so he trained as an engineer and uh, and he went to work for the agricultural division of the import export film uh, firm oh. Volcard Brothers. Oh yes. So. Um, and by 1956, he was um, appointed the Joint All India Departmental Head responsible for the technical side of their projects. So he was also fluent in several languages, including Hindu and Urdu. Uh-huh. So that helps him to connect, helped him connect with the people who worked the land. Yeah. And then, um, and then he moved to New Zealand, and uh, he became. Um, uh, he bought land in Cromwell in 1963. And he was told that he wouldn't be able to get irrigation on the land, but and nothing would grow there. But they were wrong. Uh, he uh, proved uh, them uh. wrong. Yes, so, um, so the family moved to Cromwell in the spring of 66, and with hard work and determination, he proved them wrong. He got irrigation on the on the area on the land, and so he was a, an early advocate of using water to protect tree crops rather than an oil boat oil-based smoke pot approaches which they had used um, oh. and he um, later on he developed those frost fighting ideas by inventing a machine that shot water into a furnace creating uh, humid air that was sucked into a turbine and dispersed over the trees How clever is that? I know, he's so good Goodness. So yeah, so then they also um, him and his wife they uh, Grew varieties of walnuts on their um, oh. on their land, yep. and uh, and he was he developed a shelling machine which could process oh. uh, 300 kgs of walnuts an hour without damaging the kernels. Um, yeah, so he could harvest a crop um, from about 300 trees a day. So. Oh. Um, a tree shaker he in, he invented. It was powered by a car motor and sped picking and enabled uh, more efficient and cheaper harvesting. So I suppose it shook the, the, the trunk tree. and yeah. the nuts fell down. How <laughs> oh, clever. <laughs> like that song. Um, oh, the Steve Miller Pushed by Nana. Yeah. No, not that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to have to think what the song was. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, Pushed the pineapple nuts. shaped the tree. That's the one I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. of. The coconuts come down. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it'll come back to me. Okay. Um, yeah, so the nuts um, would fall into a catcher and then they're funneled into a bin and uh, could strip a tree in ninety seconds. Good. So Good and then it would move to the next tree. So yeah, so he, um, yeah, so him and his wife had new, the New Zealand nuts sort of um, business, and so mm. they sold. Um, through Otago Farmers Market, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and so Mrs. Muller, she had sewn the umbrella for the mechanised tree shaker and uh, watered the trees when they were young, wow. and prepared the nuts, marketed and sold them, did all the accounts and, yeah. and everything as well. So, yeah, so after um, you know planting the first tree in 1986, they really established a a massive business. So yeah, yeah so he. Um, so Otto Muller died in May of 2020 at the age of 96. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Right. Quite recently then. Yeah, oh. really recently. So what a what an exciting life that he had. What so, a genius. Yeah. And pre- pre- presumably revolutionised the yeah. fruit and, industry and of, of Otago. Walnuts, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, and so they were really... Um, helpful to to young growers as well mm. there was a um a country calendar um 
episode about them oh, too. Cool. So we'll oh, have to really want to track that down. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So yeah, just a nice way to celebrate someone. Yeah, for Matariki, well, remembering and these special people. It's really wonderful to know who is behind that sculpture that we see all the time. Exactly. Because I just thought it was just like a municipal. You know, there's a there's some fruit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's sort of just. But obviously, there's more to it. Maybe we should look up all the other big things. I know. I have a real thing about, yeah. about big things around the country. Get the stories behind the trout. Yeah. The, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that would be very good. One of my favourite places in the North Island is a place called Tiro, and they have a big. Uh, a, I think it's a the information centre is a big corrugated iron sheep dog, and then there's also oh. a sheep. And uh, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Wrinkly tin. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, Very yeah. cool. Oh, well, if you've anybody out there has got any stories about big things. Exactly. Yeah. They can tell us a bit more. That will help us with our research. But otherwise, we'll relate the stories to you when, when Jill's yeah. found we'll out carry the details. on with big things. Yeah, I think that's big quite a nice thing, big actually. Big so far. So. I like that, yeah. <laughs> I do need to know about the trout. Because there's two trouts, isn't there? There's one in, one in Gore and, and then there's one up. Is it Rakaia? Rakaia, yeah. Yeah. We've got a big thing about so, yeah. And there's obviously no copyright because you can you've got two big things at the same. Mm. Mm. And then I guess there's the big L and P bottle. And oh, yeah, yeah. Big, big carrot and Awakuni. Yeah. <laughs> Am I dreaming or is there a big donut or is that the Simpsons? It might be the Simpsons. No, I think there is <laughs> one because when the Simpsons film came out, uh, where do they live? Springfield. Isn't oh, it's there probably Springfield? in Springfield. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I think I think we should do a, a tour and visit all the big things and yeah. find out the stories behind. Be I've really tried. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that on our to-do list. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, talking of giving us your stories, um, don't forget you can contact us on 03474-3690 or library at dcc.govt.nz or if you're mobile, you can pop into any of our libraries and get in touch with the librarians there and just tell them you have something to tell us and we'll... We get back to you as soon as we can if you yeah. leave your details because we want to know about well let's go back we've got our dance halls yes yes please so yeah. those stories of any dance halls you went to what you wore who you met the music of the day who was playing how did you get there how did you get yeah. there and any stories you want to tell us about that um, we've got our polio project which mm-hmm. is still happening we've had lots of stories from people who've had polio or remember um, other children at school having it mm. or just getting their vaccination. So if you've got a story to tell about that, that, that project is still open, although it's pretty well developed now. Um, what other projects? We've got the... Well, we were talking about bookshops the other day. Oh, the bookshops, of course, yeah, yes. We were, we were delivered a, a fantastic collection of bookmarks the yes, other day by Mike cool. Hamlin. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, yeah. there's some spectacular bookmarks in there. I've taken bookmarks for granted, but yep. actually they tell a good story about Dunedin. They do indeed. Mm. So one of our projects coming this week probably will be scanning those and, and uploading them to the Scattered Seeds archive. So you'll be able to have a look at those at dunedin.recollect.co.nz. Yes. Have a look at those. Um, maybe we should put some on, on the cube as well. Yeah, I think Library. we should. Yeah, to see if anyone remembers. Yeah. Or oh, if you were a staff member at some of those places, yeah. it would be really good to, to talk to people. Yeah, so, yeah, if you worked there, if you if you visited the bookshops, if you can tell us what your favourite one was, if you if found you a really cool book. Or if you've got photos of those bookshops, it would be fantastic as well. That would, especially the interior. Mm. Mm, yeah. It'd be great to have those. Um, and I will be interviewing Mike Hamblin, who is a former second-hand bookstore mm. owner. 
um, tomorrow, in fact. So oh, we'll have excellent. his interview in a few weeks' time, so you'll be able to listen to that. So, yeah. yes, that's another project we've got on the go. Um, I mentioned one many weeks back uh, about cafes. If you've got a favourite cafe you used to frequent, tell us the story of that. It may have gone by now, and it's really important to get down details of cafes, particularly if they've gone and we don't yes. remember them anymore, but you do, it's good to get those. I'd like to hear some more stories about the little hut. I've got a, I've got a story about my mother who, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't tell the story. She, she's not listening, it's fine. She's not listening. Um, <laughs> when, she, when she was a nurse, she um, she took a patient <laughs> down to the little hut and I, I was saying to her the other day, did you smuggle a patient out? Wow! I think they were nearly they were nearly being released, so it wasn't as bad as it sounds. But it just my lovely mother sneaking oh, nice. <laughs> But that was the place to go. You know, ah, you really what was t- it? Just a cafe bar, or um, on George Street. So you go downstairs. Yeah. It's not open now, but you go downstairs into this little area. It was ah. this kind of narrow cafe, and oh. I used to go there in the nineties and yeah. yes, get Is out. Is that in that sort of shopping arcade area? It's beside. Um, Jackie E. It's oh, yeah. Stair, yeah, yeah. Stair was behind, yeah. sort of beside there. Yeah, cool. And uh, yeah, it was a great little kind of cavernous place oh. where you could get a good sausage roll and a good cheese and baked bean toasted sandwich. And that's the other thing. What's your favourite cheese roll? Yes. Which cafe served the best cheese roll? Mm. Yeah, we do need to know that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Just in sorry. time for lunch, you're making me hungry now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, we're probably coming to the end of our show now. Um, we'll just remind you that we'll be back on Monday at 11, uh, so, so live in the studio, and hopefully be a bit warmer next week. Yes. Um, and then, of course, every Monday on 105.4 FM or 1575 AM, and you can hear the rebroadcast. Is that the right word? It is, yes. It's broadcast again, anyway, yeah. on Tuesday <laughs> evenings at 10 o'clock. And, of course, you can download the podcast if you're computer-friendly. And uh, you can do that on oar.org.nz and look up Recollections Radio and you'll find all of our shows dating right back to the 14th of February when we first started. So uh, it feels like we've been doing this forever, but it's actually only since February. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you've got our contact details. Um, One quick promo. Don't forget, we're still doing Click and Collect. Jill's got more details of that. If you can't come into the library for any reason, then uh, you can uh, email the library or give us a call and sort of tell us what kind of book or DVDs or CDs you want to listen to and we can choose up to 10 items for you and uh, you can just come in and pick them up so you can um, let us know what what library you'd like to collect them from so you can just call us on 03477 or you can go onto the website and just fill out an electronic form and it's so easy it is easy yeah. or if you yeah. have anything on hold then we can put those in a bag for you as well and you yep. can collect those really great if you're in a hurry so many people in a hurry these days yeah. or if you can't find a park it's a little yeah. bit tricky park especially at the city library at the moment with all the roadworks but mm. um, you can do click and collect just stop on a five minute park hop into the basement and yeah. uh, you can pick up your bag there and they will also put your holds aside for you and, and put those with your click and collect bag so if you've got holds you can get them to do that yeah. as well so so yeah. just allow 48 hours and uh, that's yeah, right yeah. you can find you something good to read yeah that's the main thing <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, shall we have another song? Yes. I like this one. This is um, a bit of Robert Burns, one of my favourite oh, poets. Um, and this is A Fond Kiss. It's the Eddie, Eddie Reader version. It's beautiful. So A Fond Kiss by Eddie Reader. Eddie. 
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.